1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. This Bob and Brian podcast is brought to you by Marcus Theaters. Part of the fun of going to the movies is seeing the upcoming trailers, so make sure you don't miss any by ordering your tickets and food online ahead of time. Just download the Marcus Theaters app for your smartphone or visit MarcusTheaters.com. Yeah. Everybody wants their music news. Our music expert, Gary Graff, is here. Good morning, Gary. How are you? All right. How are you? How much did you spend at the Taylor Swift show for merchandise? Um, zero for merchandise. I, you know, I got my ticket stub. Did you get a Taylor Swift cocktail? Um, we did not. We did not. I, I actually, I don't drink when I'm reviewing, and uh, my partner chose chose not to. So. Okay, what uh, what is the Taylor Swift cocktail? Well, this is a, so this is this one you're mentioning is just in Chicago here at the Detroit show. They they had a, about a half dozen cocktails, you know, themed Taylor Swift cocktails really? in Chicago, where she very famously swallowed a bug during one of the shows there. The Replay Lincoln Bar is now has has started has has created a new cocktail they're selling called the Bad Bug. Uh, which is based, you know, a play on bad blood. Um, but the, uh, so then, and obviously Taylor swallowing the bug. Uh, it's a gummy wrap, a gummy worm garnished uh, concoction that includes vodka, tamarind, chili pepper, watermelon, pineapple, and ginger beer. So it's kind of like a fru- fruity mule. I was wondering what the, the, the bug part would be. Right. And it's a yeah, gummy, so a gummy a worm. They give you a gummy worm. Okay. So it wasn't a worm she swallowed. It was a fly, but I, I guess they don't make gummy flies. Uh, it could have been but a yeah, cough so drop get, or an M&M or anything. Okay. Yeah, so you can go, you know, next time you're at that, that establishment, you know, ask for the bad bug, and, you know, who knows, you may, like, grow glitter and sparkles <laughs> on your body. Maybe if I go to a Taylor Swift show, that's what I'll want to do when I leave. I, I I certainly saw a lot of proud dads wearing wearing their their swift swifty proudly. Did you see any dads screaming at the top of their lungs oh, like they yes, were going to yes, faint or anything? Yes, I did. Oh, that almost that almost. <laughs> What's did, wrong that with you, men? Drive, that almost did drive me to drink. <sighs> did you? I wish you'd just taken a picture of them and sent it to us. Yeah, I should have. Yeah, you know, I, I, I should have. I took a few. I took a few pictures like you do there, but. You we need to more. start an album of those things, like yeah. at Taylor Swift shows, at uh, uh, Masked Singer. Yeah, <laughs> Screaming Men. Yeah, Katie Adult Perry Men shows, Screaming, right. Selena Gomez. So what was your review like? What did you think of this show? I, I thought it was a very good show. I definitely respect and applaud her ambition. And my my overall feeling was that the, and you have to remember, this is a 10-part, 3-hour and 20-minute concert. So my overall feeling was that the parts were greater than the sum of them. In other words, you take take each of these parts of the show individually, and they were all really, really good over the course of three hours and 20 minutes. I thought it was a little much, and you tend to forget what you liked two hours ago, you know, when you're watching the seventh or eighth era of her career. Yeah. So that, that was that was what I felt was the only flaw in it conceptually in terms of staging and performance. You know, it was all, it was all top level. You know, as good as anything uh, we've seen out there. And because because she is a you know quote unquote real musician, you know, of the old school, 
variety. You know, a lot of that material goes over really well, even if you don't know it. You can sit there and say, you know, that's a really good song. Where's the tour roll on to this weekend? Uh, it's Pittsburgh this weekend. Okay, Pittsburgh this weekend. Your hometown. My hometown. You're not going, though, right? I am, you... not, I am not going. It's definitely a once is enough Because otherwise we'd start referring to you as a creeper. Yeah. Didn't you just cover <laughs> yeah, the show, I, Gary? Which I am not. <laughs> which I am not. We have, we have other music here this weekend, and I'm happy, I'm happy to see something different every night. Uh, another guy who was associated with a pretty big band, Paul McCartney. Yep. He used to... Uh, he used to fill stadiums on a regular basis, too. Yeah, still can. Uh, right, and still can. S- says, this is it. We have one more Beatles song that we can do, and then we're we're and done. They're, and they're going to do it, according to McCartney, this week in an interview with Radio 4 in England. You know, there is one more Beatles song coming. This is a track that's widely known as Now and Then. It was It was part of, it was considered for the Beatles anthology. Um, back in back in the 90s, and they just weren't able to finish it in time. It was a taken from a demo that Yoko gave Paul that John had John Lennon had recorded in 1978. And at the time, they just didn't have the time or the bandwidth. They'd already created two new songs, and you know this is it, it was it's a it was a portion of a song. It was mostly the chorus, no verses, and so they really would have had to create a song around it. Um, but now through through AI, um, I just want to note that this is AI for good. This is AI I for think. good. They were right. They were able to use AI to extricate John's vocal uh, from the demo, and also to assist in composing the song. I mean, McCartney's sitting down and applying pen to paper or fingers to keyboard. Uh, however, he does it. But they were also able to use AI to help help determine what the trajectory of the song would be. And I guess during the anthology process, they had laid down, um, Paul, Ringo, and George had laid down some rough rough ideas for this song. So there is, there is you know, George playing as well. So McCartney hasn't said when this will come out yet, but he did say this year, and as you noted, he has said this is the last thing the Beatles have. There's going to be Beatle fans who are like, this isn't a true Beatles song. Yeah, some will, is... yeah, some will say it isn't. Uh, but, you know, in the end, they accepted, you know, those new songs on anthology, you know, Free as a Bird and Real Life. And that was a, didn't they have a, only a cassette recording? Right, of... they had a, right. So and they, they had... used the the technology of that time to extricate John's vocal and, right. and, build, and build a song around the demo. So this should be even cleaner. So, you know, it's, it's an exciting process. Is Ringo process. involved with this at all, Was he, or is this just all a Paul project? It's, it sounds like it's mostly a Paul project. Obviously, Ringo has to check off. Um, the, the estate of George Harrison has to check off on it, but they will. And I'm sure it's being handled in the right way. And I'm sure Ringo will play on it, you know, and maybe sing. So, you know, it's, it's, it's an exciting prospect. Are we going to, you know, is this going to replace... Hey Jude or or any of the other favorites, Beatles favorites on our list. No, but it, you know it'll be something nice to have, and I guess it'll it will close the book on. Okay, so what else is in the vaults other than maybe live recordings or the you know twenty third alternate take of some song from Rubber Soul? You know the Beatles were only together for how many years? Uh, they were what was it twelve as, as the Beatles, right? And everything they did was either in front of a camera or a microphone because they hit record on. Everything they did, I just can't believe the mountains of Beatles stuff that that's, oh, yeah. that's they were smart to do it. 
and that's been right. preserved. You know, the nice thing is it, it has been preserved, unlike some artist catalogs, which are either all over the place or, in the case of that Universal Music Fire uh, several years ago, were destroyed. Uh, the, the Beatles' legacy has been well cared for. Yeah. I mean, the get back thing was... If any, if one band had that much material, you would go, "Wow, you guys recorded all that." That's just one thing for the Beatles. One album. Yeah. So I think, and and, you know, obviously, we will be getting more archival projects like we've we've had with the the Let It Be and the Get Back and the White Album and Abbey Road and Revolver. You know, I'm sure we'll get a Rubber Soul box set. You know, I'm sure there's we'll get something from the very early album. They're gonna outlive music. Probably. Of course, you know, being uh, on camera all the time might have been what kind of drove him nuts. That's a, true. Little, a little bit of it. McCartney, speaking of cameras, you know, McCartney is, is releasing a new book of his photos. I think it's just called The Beatles 1964. And it's, it's his photos of, of that first year of, of real Beatle mania around the world. And some cool stuff in it, you know, some real thing. A lot of images we haven't seen. I thought Ringo was the camera guy. Ringo, Ringo was more so. He's he's already released uh, his books, but I guess Paul had this collection and figured. I think they all had cameras. Yeah, at least two of them did. Uh, yeah. Ticketmaster says they're gonna new transparency new transparency measures for fees. It doesn't say they're getting rid of the fees. Right. It just says this is this is why we should temper our excitement about this. So they all got together in Washington yesterday, had a roundtable in the White House, and it was Ticketmaster and all the other. Ticket selling outlets, Tick Pick, Dice, SeatGeek, um, you know, and even Airbnb and you know others. This is part of a federal initiative to get rid of hidden pricing and you know make sure that you, as the consumer, whether you're buying a concert ticket or renting an Airbnb, you know up front, you know when you before you before you hit pay. You know exactly what you what you are paying and what you're paying for. Now, like you said, okay, so that's nice, you know, because it's a huge frustration to get to the end of a ticket purchase, and all of a sudden you have these additional fees. So, so this part is nice, but is it going to lower concert ticket prices? No. Okay. Gonna, so I gonna... so I know what they're what they're what they're gouging me for. I just bought new light. I I had to renew my license plate this week, and I did it online. And it's X amount. I think it's eighty-five dollars to renew your plates. But when you do it online, they stick you with a called convenience fee of a dollar eighty-six, which I don't understand because if it's more convenient, it's more convenient to than going. Why into should there the be a fee? Office, sure, if right. It's just a way to. But then again, if you went into the Secretary of State office and paid with your credit card, you'd get hit with a surcharge. Or I could, what about, I think, mailing a check? If you're mailing a check, it's X, I don't know. It just yeah, seems like either way you're going to pay more than whatever. So There's a lot There's a lot more of this going on in general. But, yeah, in terms of the concert world, so this is, this is one step. You know, is it going to change the Ticketmaster practice of basically selling tickets to itself to then sell as a secondary seller for more more money than you would have paid directly. No, so I don't I don't uh, know if when, these... remember when you used to get up when the show was going on sale and you'd go down to a Ticketmaster at a Sears or Ticketron around here. You'd line up and you'd have a good time with and, everybody else who was in line. Yeah, maybe you had yeah, a good time, but you lined up and <laughs> yeah, and the ticket was ten bucks and the charge was ten dollars. Right. 
Yeah, for the ticket. Right. Yeah, those days are long gone. To see Kansaser Marshall Tucker at Alpine Valley. Uh-huh. Yeah. Those days, those days I'm afraid, I'm afraid are long gone. And hey, until, uh, as we've said before, until people actually stop buying tickets en masse, which is not going to happen, it won't change. What uh, NHL team did Snoop and The Weeknd want to buy? The Ottawa Senators. Um, right. They were part of different teams. Uh, bidding to buy the senators and and to become the first minority or you know the first African American owners, well I guess in the weekend's case, African Canadian owners of an NHL franchise. They were all bidding on the Ottawa Senators, as was Ryan Reynolds, the actor. But none of those none of those went through. It was sold to uh, former healthcare executive Michael Andlar. Uh, who who apparently put up nearly a billion dollars oh. uh, to buy the team? Snoop's always been uh, kind of a interested sports. Oh character. yeah, yeah. No, he's he's in he the bought hoops, like he's a, the foot. He uh, runs a football. He runs a youth football league. And he bought like a bus. And yeah, they got their own bus, for, right? For yeah, his kid ones. He? Yeah, yeah. No, he's uh, this. These, these were legitimate interests. You know, uh, the weekend growing up in Toronto. You know, lifelong Maple Leafs fan. Yeah. Is he still Ottawa the weekend? Was, still another week of being the weekend? Another week of being the weekend. Okay. Yeah, I think it's going to be 2024, and you know, then we'll be calling him Abel. All right. About the time he changes it, he's not the weekend. We'll forget that he was going to change it. Yeah. That's right. how that's going to work out. Um, the Stones are recording new material with who? Bill Wyman, the, the original bass player who retired from the band uh, back back in the early 90s. Um, he is said to have to be recording on the album, and the insiders who are sharing this information have noted that you know the the album is essentially a tribute to Charlie Watts, who's playing on there as well. They had already started recording material for a new album when Charlie passed away. So it's kind of like McCartney and Lennon. They got Charlie on drums on this right. stuff. Nobody nobody really dies in music, do they? Uh, well, they you know they do, but but the work lives on. On with AI now, yeah, right. right. Well, well, and that's the thing. So you think about this with the Rolling Stones. I mean, you could have Brian Jones playing on, yeah. on a Rolling Stones record if they wanted him to using AI. But it sounds like you know Bill Wyman. They put the band back together, you know, literally here because Bill and Charlie were the rhythm section uh, forever and ever, and. It'll be interesting to see. Supposedly, you know, as Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, Elton John are also guest artists on the album. We just don't know when we're going to get it. Last I heard, the Wilson sisters weren't even talking. Right. And now they're making an album together. So <laughs> well, you don't first, need to get together to make an album, though. You, you don't, but apparently, according to Nancy Wilson, she has been writing new material with Aunt, her sister, Ann Wilson, which doesn't mean you have to get together, but it sounds like they have. And they're working on putting together what will be the first Tart album since 2016. And they're also working with some other writers who have been part of the Heart universe uh, over the years. No word on when it'll come out, but Nancy Wilson says that it's one of the it's a, it's a hot burner item in her creative world. She's also working on a covers album called Tomboy. So we don't know which one of these we'll see first. Hmm. Okay, but, but it sounds like we will have heart. We've talked about this before, but I heard it on an XM station within the last couple of days that they were talking about Alice Cooper and Glenn Campbell being being great friends, and that yeah, and friends, we, we we've talked about buddies. that. But the part I forgot about in that whole story was uh, not that only that Alice and Glenn were golf buddies and their wives are friends and all that, but Eddie Van Halen 
asked Alice Cooper to hook him up with Glenn Campbell for a guitar lesson. Now I don't yeah. know. I don't know when we say guitar lesson. That, I think he just wants to talk to Glenn, right? He wasn't going to learn new chords or anything well, like that. Not new chords or anything, but new playing style. You know, Glenn Campbell came from a very different kind of playing style than Eddie Van Halen did. So if Eddie wants to learn those techniques, Eddie apparently reached out to a lot of guitar players like Chet Atkins at one point and, and others. Because he, um, you know, he wanted to expand his playing style. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't discount the idea that he he had some real interest in playing guitar with Glenn Campbell and learning some of Glenn Campbell's tricks. Chet Atkins was the guy that nobody wanted. Everyone in Nashville wanted Chet Atkins to not come to Nashville because they said he's so good he'll put us all out of work. Right. 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 And yeah. he didn't. And but <laughs> but if you wanted a particular style of playing, you know, it's just like there's a pedal steel player. In there's a whole city that didn't want him to show up there. That's incredible. Well, that's how good he was. Shows how much we don't know about playing the guitar. But my point being, Alice Cooper, we'll get to this and then we got to go. Alice Cooper has a new album that he's working on. Right. It's going to come out August 25th. It's called Road. Um, titled that because he wrote and recorded it with his with his live band. You know, people who have been part of the band for such a long time. And the first single on Alice came out this week, and it's going, to, it's going to be packaged on August 25th with a live show from Hellfest 2020. I'm sorry, 2022. The recorded just last year. Hellfest, is that Chicago? That's in Chicago, right? Where's no, Hell? Um, I forget where they have Hellfest. Okay. I think all it's right. Europe. I think that's oh, all right. Maybe I'm festival. getting up with, mixed up with some other. And Britney's not on meth. Well, Brittany says she's not on meth. The writer who wrote this, you know, maintains that she at least is standing by her reporting that several sources, including Brittany's ex-husband, Kevin Federline, expressed their concerns to her that Brittany is on crystal meth. Oh, boy. Um, but Kevin Federline stepped out to say, no, I never said that. And like I say, the writer is again saying that, you know, she's standing by her reporting saying he absolutely did, so... You know, just just another week in the life of Brittany. All right. Well, thanks, Gary. My pleasure. You guys have a great weekend, a great Father's Day. All right, you as well. Make sure they treat you right or or leave you alone. If who's <laughs> who's running the grill at your house on Father's Day? Oh, probably me. Okay. All right, Gary, we'll talk to you when we get back. All okay. right. Gary Graff, you get him every Friday morning.